this morning is going to be a little different. Um, we might get out at 5 o'clock. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you, ask, if you ask our media team, they probably feel that way. I gave them over like 50 scriptures. You got them all? You're amazing. Can we let our media team know how much we love them? I literally gave them over 50 scriptures or 50 different passages. Actually, more scripture, but over like 50 different passages this morning. Um, and the reason why is because God's been doing such a supernatural work in our house. There's been so many signs, wonders, and miracles happening on so many levels here. We had a, a person with a cyst, prayed, God healed her and killed it. Lady with a withered hand, prayed, she received all full mobility in her hand. Some of you have heard the testimonies, you've seen the testimonies on YouTube of some of the people who have been healed from all sorts of things. Young girl who had scars on her arm from cutting because of the lies of the enemy and depression that began to be so heavy in her life and God healed and took away every scar off of her arm in this house. More than that, you've heard testimonies of what's happened outside of this place. Amen. Financial miracles healing miracles, young people receiving the activation of the Holy Spirit and laying hands on people, and they fully recover. Amen. That is the power of our God. I said that is the power of our God. His desire is not just you experience the power of God from a preacher or a prophet or a teacher. His desire is that his sons and daughters become a movement in the marketplace, in the hospitals, in the nursing homes, in their living room. His desire is that everyone walk in the fullness and power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on. Now, don't be spectators this morning. Receive the word. Help me preach this morning. Are you going to help me preach? Say, say amen. amen. But on the same note, as the power of the Holy Spirit is moving and manifesting in so many ways, the enemy would love to explore our lack of understanding with him. The enemy would love to shift us and to move us in a place where we operate outside of the Holy Spirit and in the natural. It happens all the time. And so what ends up happening is we get an encounter with the Holy Spirit, which is our initial desire, right? We want to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to encounter Jesus in his presence and in his glory. We want to encounter all of who God is. But what happens is when we have the encounter, we think that that's good, that's enough. No. Just like we've learned over the last few weeks, salvation is just the beginning. It is not the end of all. It is the beginning. It is not the end. It's not God's will just that you be saved, but only... Not just you be saved, but that you be full of the Holy Spirit and with power. Someone shout power. power. Jesus said in the last days, in the last days, he would pour out his spirit on all flesh. Joel, in the book of Joel chapter 2. Someone shout Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, do you have it? Can you pull it up on there, guys? Joel chapter 2. In Joel chapter 2, verses 20 through 29. It says this, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Those days are these days. Those last days are the days that we are living in today. Those last days came when the, Jesus died on the cross. 
And the Bible says, and he released his spirit. Someone shout release. While Jesus was on earth, the power of the Holy Spirit was not released onto the whole earth. It was pinned up in him. That's why in the book of John, chapter 16, this is where we're going to start as far as our new series called All Things Holy Spirit. I still haven't given it a catchy title. That might be a catchy title, but we need to have an understanding of God's word about the Holy Spirit. So the enemy doesn't come and exploit us to make it just an emotion, a sensation, just a time that we come on a Sunday morning and we're dancing and we're worshiping or we're singing. It's so much more than that. Amen? Someone shout John 16. John 16 verses 5 through 16 will be essentially every, um, it'll be essentially the summation of, of today's message. And this is what it says. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask me where you are going. This is Jesus talking. Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But verily, truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Jesus said, I got to go. And as I go, you're going to be glad I leave you. You're going to be glad I'm exiting earth. You're going to be glad that the Father is taking me home. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will prove the world to be in wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, someone shout he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Did you catch that? Jesus said, I am not going to guide you. Jesus said, I got to go, but I'm going to leave someone who's much greater than me. And he's going to what? He's going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And so Jesus went on to say this, in a little while you will see me no more. And then after a while you will see me. Can we give God praise? Amen? Amen. Jesus introduces the Holy Spirit to the world. He says the Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will teach you, and the Holy Spirit will give you revelation. He will only give you what I tell him to give to you. Amen? Whenever someone says they have the Holy Spirit and they're operating in a way that distracts people from Jesus, that's not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit edifies or builds up and connects those to the Father. The Holy Spirit says, I'm not here to make myself known. I'm not here to speak on my own behalf. I'm not here to do something completely opposite of what Jesus came to do. I came to fulfill everything that he has told me to say to you. And I want to empower you. 
I want to heal you. I want to manifest you, manifest inside of you in such a way that this world bear wis- bear- bears witness to me because of my power that's on you. Shout, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Why? Why do we want the Holy Spirit to come upon us? Why do we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be endued in us? The Bible says that Jesus is the word of God. Amen? But the Bible also lets us know that the Holy Spirit is the power of God. Jesus is the word of God, but the Holy Spirit is the power of God. So many of us are praying to Jesus when Jesus is saying, I'm God, I can't do nothing, but I've left my power. It's called the Holy Spirit. Most people have no clue who the Holy Spirit is. No clue. In fact, the the Bible says that the Apostle Paul came up to John's disciples, and in Acts chapter 19, verse 2, talks to them about the Holy Spirit, and Paul says, what baptism are you under? They said, what baptism are you talking about? Read it for yourself, Acts 19. What are you talking about? We're under John's baptism. That's not what this is about. It's not about being under a man. And it's not about being under a church. It's not about what denomination you go to. It's not about what kind of group you're with. It's about the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. I don't follow Pastor Mark, and I don't follow Pastor John Gray, and I don't pastor whatever pastors around the corner. I am following the power of the Holy Spirit because it guides me, it teaches me, it reveals to me what God is telling him to tell me. I don't need somebody to talk to me. I got the Holy Spirit to talk to me. I don't need someone to guide me. I got the power of the Holy Spirit to guide me. Have his Holy Spirit. Someone shout, fill me, Holy Spirit. It is very important to know the New Testament ushers in the disposition or the arrangement or the placement of the Holy Spirit because this is what fulfilled the prophet or the prophecy that Joel gave in Joel chapter 2. In the last days, I will pour out my Holy Spirit. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. How many of you want the fullness of God? I said, how many of you want the fullness of God? I can't hear you. Come on now, participate. Don't be, don't be sitting there all, all hungry door, just mm, mad, you know, acting like you've been just sipping on sour wine or whatever, just mm, mm, mm. Participate this morning. So we must understand the importance of the work of the Holy Spirit to Jesus before we can understand the importance of the Holy Spirit in our life. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is the most important person on planet Earth? I'll take the two amens. The Holy Spirit is the most important person, more important than your job, more important than your paycheck, more important than my spouse or my kids or my church. The Holy Spirit is the most important person on earth. And this is how important the Holy Spirit was to Jesus. Number one, someone shot number one. If you're not taking notes, you're going to get lost, all right? Next few weeks, I pray that you take notes either on your iPhones or on paper or whatever. Because I, I want to teach you. If all you are is a hearer of the word, you're going to die. If all you do, you come into church and, not, and, and the only challenge you get is what I say, but you don't write these things down, and you don't apply these things in your life during the week, it'll go in one ear out the other. You're like what the Bible says, 
Seeds were sown on thorny grounds. And seeds were sown on, on, on top of the ground. And the sun came and scorched that seed. Nothing is going to grow out of your life until you allow the seeds that we are throwing out to you every Sunday to take root in your heart and life. Amen. Amen. So number one, the Holy Spirit prophesied the coming of Jesus. The whole Old Testament is a prophecy leading up to Jesus. Number two, the Holy Spirit conceived Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary in Matthew 1.18. He, being the Holy Spirit, conceived Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary. The reason why Jesus even came was because of the Holy Spirit. Number three, he sealed the baptism of Jesus. Luke chapter 3, verse 22, it says this. He sealed the baptism of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in a bodily light, in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice of heaven said unto him, you are my son, whom I love, who I am well pleased. Number four, he led Jesus, the Holy Spirit. Someone shout the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the one who led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. Not Satan. Not some demonic force. The Holy Spirit did. In Luke chapter 4, 1, he led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested. Go back, go back. He led Jesus into the wilderness to be tested in order to pass the test of being faithfully ready. Go on to the next one. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Why was he led? Because it is in connection to the children of Israel when they fled in the wilderness for 40 years. When the children of Israel left Egypt in the book of Exodus, 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. God gave them instruction. In fact, God led them. Just like the Holy Spirit led Jesus, God, through Moses, led the children of Israel into a dry desert land. Unfortunately, Moses broke it. Moses stumbled with it. Moses couldn't connect or finish all the way and finish well. And so Jesus came on the spot to fix what Moses missed, to be able to give us destiny, to be able to give us power in order to be able to get us through any kind of dry land you find your life in. He passed the test of temptation. He passed the test of faithfulness. He passed the test, and because he passed the test, he was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Number five, Jesus ministered by the power of the Holy Spirit. Luke chapter four, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit and news about him spread through the whole countryside. Before that, no news was going about. But when the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him, news was going everywhere. Just like it's going out now from our church not because of Pastor Mark, but because what's going on in PJ, what's going on in Abby, what's going on in Maddie, what's going on in the lives of people who believe. Shout, if you believe, shout, I believe. believe. Number six, the cross was the exit of the Holy Spirit from Jesus. Matthew chapter 27, 50. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Luke 23, 46. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. John 19, 30. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with that, he bowed his head and he 
gave up his spirit. Number seven, Jesus was resurrected by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 1-4 says this. And who, through the spirit of holiness, was appointed the Son of God, empowered by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. That's the wrong scripture. That is the right scripture, but that's a different version. I'm sorry. But the power of God, the spirit of holiness, the spirit of the, of the Holy Ghost, the, spirit, the Holy Spirit of God was the one who appointed him by his resurrection. Number eight, his ascension was done by the Holy Spirit in Acts 1-9 as he left in a cloud. Number nine, I will send you the promise of the Holy Spirit. He was the one thing Jesus promised in the end. This is where we're going to camp for the remaining of the day. Number nine, I will send the promise of the Holy Spirit. Someone shout the promise. John chapter 14, verses 15 through 17 says this. John chapter 14. Are you there? No, I'm talking to the crowd, not you. You're awesome, man. <laughs> if you're there, say, I'm there. If you're not, say, hold on. All right, I'll hold on. Ten seconds. Six. Three, two, one. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. He lives with who? He lives with who? I said he lives with who? And not only does he live with you, but what? He's what? If you're taking notes, write that down. He's in us. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 9. I need to connect this and lay a foundation for y'all this morning. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 7 through 9. Are you there? I'm talking to you now. <laughs> You're the man. I love you, man. I love you, Chris. For if there had been nothing wrong with the first covenant, no place would have been sought for another. But God found fault with the people and said, The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors. So there's two covenants he's talking about. The old covenant and the new covenant. The what covenant? And the other, what's the other one? The new. I will not make, I will not be like the old covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the land or by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they did not remain faithful to my covenant. What is this covenant? We find this in Exodus when Moses encounters God up on Mount Sinai. He encounters God, and in the midst of encountering God, God, with his finger, writes a covenant on stone to Moses and to the people. And he says, this covenant I will make with you, and if you obey these laws, I will bless you. If you, lead by, if you live by these statutes, I will, I, I will be your God, and you will be my people. But here's what happens. The Bible lets us know, if you read it for yourself in the book of Exodus, as Moses is getting the word from God, he's excited. How many of you would be excited encountering the power of God? 
encountering the tangible presence of the Lord. The Bible says as soon as he left the presence of God and he walks down the mountain, his anger arouses inside of his life and he breaks the commandments of God. Right after encountering the presence, he breaks the covenant. Right, some of you can bear witness with this right now. You encounter God, but you walk out with that sin still attached to you. You encounter the presence of God, but you're still struggling in your sin. You encounter the presence of God, and you wonder why you can't get past this this giant, this wall, this demon. You wonder why. It's no different than with Moses and with so many people who are constantly trying to live life by a list of rules, trying to live life by a list of do's and don'ts. God says, that's the old covenant, but I'm about to make a new covenant. Someone shout new covenant. This covenant will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds. No longer will will this new covenant be like the old covenant. The old covenant, you know what I did? I, I wrote it to a person, and that person gave it to the people. But this new covenant, I will no longer give it to a person, even give it to the people. I will give it to them to, by myself. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they need a man to preach from a pulpit to guide them, but I will guide them. I will teach them. I will reveal to them how will he do that? Through the power of his Holy Spirit. Listen to this scripture. Hebrews, no longer will they teach their neighbor. Go back to the very beginning. This is the covenant I will establish with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my laws in their minds. I will not put it on stone tablets no more. I will not put it on paper. But this time, in the last days, when I pour my Holy Spirit out, after Jesus exits through the cross and the power of the Holy Spirit enters into this world, this covenant, this is what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I will put it in your minds, I will write them on your hearts, and I will be their God and they will be my people. This is where it gets powerful. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to another, know the Lord, because they will all know me. From the least of them to the what? For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Can somebody give God praise for his word this morning? What was the old covenant? Lost, carved out of stone by God given to Moses. Moses breaks the covenant. God calls him back and makes him carve, out, carve it out by hand. Moses had to rewrite what God wrote. Moses, who gave the law to the people. Where were the laws written, church? In the Old Covenant. Where were the laws written, church, in the Old Covenant? But the New Covenant, he's going to write, where is he going to write it? A New Covenant I make with you. It won't be you measuring yourself against a list of things on a stone tablet. It's no longer laws written on a stone by men. Rather, the Holy Spirit put it in your mind and in your heart. I no longer need Moses, the Holy Spirit says. I no longer need him to speak on my behalf, for I will speak to them myself. I will do it on my own. Under the old covenant, they were Moses' people. 
Under the new covenant, the Holy Spirit declares, I will take full responsibility for you. In the Old Testament, Moses had all full responsibility over the people. And it was up to Moses. If it wasn't for Moses, they would have died originally. But Moses is a man. <laughs> and like any preacher, any Christian, any person living by faith, they fall. But now we have a perfect counselor. Now we have one without spot or blemish. Now we have one with all power of heaven that wants to come not just on you, but live in you, guide you, teach you, reveal to you the supernatural things and mysteries of God to you. And he wants to take full responsibility over you. No longer, did you catch what the word says? No longer will they teach their neighbor. Rather, they will know me. Who will know God? From the least to the greatest. From the smallest to the biggest. Whether they've been serving God for five years, 15 years, 50, 50 years, or five minutes. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will make known to you the Father. Can we give God praise for that this morning? Now that we know how important the Holy Spirit is in the life of Jesus, now that we understand, or we're at least starting to understand this morning, the new covenant that God is trying to make with us, because here's where, here's where it gets cloudy, and this is where we need clarity. As long as you are constantly viewing God by works, you'll never get it. As long as you are viewing God by good deeds and good works, you'll never fully receive it. The Holy Spirit woke me up around 4 o'clock this morning and was showing me just examples because I was like, God, this is so much stuff to give them. I've been just studying his word in order to dive through scripture, in order to give you a biblical foundation that you can study for yourself, pray for yourself. I was like, God, what kind of example can I give to the church in order for them to fully understand what is at hand here? And I was telling the people this morning, as far as our leaders, we have this thing called the huddle where we pray for you and we just declare God's promises over you. I have this thing that we just got over Christmas, an Alexa. Anybody know what an Alexa is? It's a little box. We say, Alexa, play me whatever kind of music. Alexa, blah, blah, blah. Supposedly, there's like thousands and thousands of functions that Alexa can perform. But the only function that I've ever done with Alexa is, Alexa, play rock, paper, scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, you know? That's all me and my boys do. Supposedly... Alexa has so much function that you can tell it, Alexa, I need two dozen eggs, and it can order it for you and have it delivered to your house. And Alexa, I need a recipe for the best cheesecake in America, and supposedly it will gather recipes and give you instructions on how to do it for you in your house. Unless you've had um, Carlos, uh, Carlos and their um, cheesecake, that's the best so far right now to me. So many functions, but I don't know how to use it, but we got it. Someone shot, he got it. How dumb would it be if for all you rednecks out there, any rednecks out there? I, men, we got, we got women rednecks, men rednecks, black rednecks. I did, okay, I, I got you. My wife was telling me she, there was some reality TV and there was an Asian redneck on. I'm like, that's not true, man. That's not true. Asians can't be rednecks. 
They can't. It's just physically, mentally impossible, but whatever. One of the things that the Holy Spirit was showing me is like, let's say you have the ability to get a 2025 whatever favorite truck with all the bells and whistles, 4x4, 4x4 differential lock. Okay, you know, because I know some of you don't relate to rednecks. Let's talk to the modern people. You know, you can have a nice Mercedes or you can have a nice Bentley. For you youth, you can have a Bugatti, whatever that is, or, or, you know. A 2020 version. Would you know how to operate it fully? Some of you are shaking your head no. So this is what the Holy Spirit showed me. Because you can't fully grasp it or understand it, would you refuse that person to give it to you? Will you refuse the gift? Will you refuse that nice car? Would you refuse that, would you refuse that nice futuristic house? Would you refuse that amazing job? If right now it was handed to you, you would say, oh God, bless me, bless me. Mm, come on, somebody. Bless my socks off, Jesus then why do we do that when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit when we don't understand him? Because we don't fully understand him, we don't want him, or, or, or we distance ourselves from him. Because we don't fully grasp the total function. Do you realize there's only one Holy Spirit but many functions? One Holy Spirit, but if he manifests himself in so many ways, just like there's one electricity. But electricity manifests itself to so many needs. Some of you use electricity to iron your clothes. Some of you use electricity to iron your hair. I don't know what that feels like. Some of you use electricity to wash your car. You used it in, in, in so many ways because of, you had so many needs. The Holy Spirit is so much more than the electricity that can manifest in so many ways and meet so many needs, and, but he is the only one, and yet we say, I don't want the Alexa, I don't want the Ford truck, and I don't want the, the Dodge, and I don't want the new house. I don't, I don't understand it. And God's like, okay, I won't give it to you. Because he is a gentleman. He needs to be welcomed and received. And when we say things like, I don't want it, he says, okay, I won't give it. What's stopping us is not Satan. What's stopping us is not the world. What's stopping us is not Democrats, Republicans, liberals. The only one that is stopping us is our hunger and thirst for the Holy Spirit. The only one. It's like, here we are. But there is something blocking the Holy Spirit to enter into our life. The what's blocking us is our perspective. What's blocking us is our reason. What's blocking us is our lack of understanding for God to come through. He can't. God will never bust through your doors uninvited. Because he is a gentleman. He is the truest of gentlemen and wants you to ask him to come in. And when we get to a place where we refuse in worship, and we refuse in prayer, and we refuse when the altar call is given, and we refuse to hear what the, when the word is being preached, the Holy Spirit says, okay, I'm over here. I won't come in. And the only thing that's stopping us from being filled up 
It's to be able to say, God, I remove my lack of understanding. I remove my lack of, uh, of, uh, of being able to receive. I, I remove every preconceived idea of how you're supposed to come into my life. Do you realize in Acts 2, when the disciples are there in the upper room, and Jesus says, you better tarry here till the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you before you're my witnesses. Do you realize they had no idea what speaking in tongues was? They had no reference point of what it was going to look like? None. They had no reference point. And yet, you know what happens when the Holy Spirit manifested himself in like that? In that way, what did they do? Did they say, no, I don't want I don't understand it? They received that gift. <laughs> they received that amazing breakthrough. They received the full manifestation of God in their life. And from that moment on, Peter, who was so fearful and timid and cussing, is now so bold and willing to die for Jesus. How many of you would love bonus to go back into work with? How many of you would love that kind of bonus to be able to shake your schools, shake your family? So much boldness that literally shakes the very foundation onto which you stand upon. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Someone shout, I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How important is the Holy Spirit work in me? Number one, the Bible says that he regenerates the new believer. In other words, he births you. Titus chapter 3, verse 5 through 6, it says this. He regenerates. Titus chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Number two, he dwells in the believer. Not only does the Holy Spirit birth you, but the Holy Spirit now lives in you. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says this, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you? Someone said, he's in me whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Number three, the Holy Spirit is so important that he seals the believer. He seals, someone shout, he seals you. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14 says this, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believe, you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing out, someone shout, he guarantees it. He guarantees our inheritance until redemption of those who are God's possession to praise, uh, to the praise of his glory. The word seal means to lock up. It means to preserve you. It's like a wedding ring. It's a sign that you are married to him. You want the Holy Spirit? You need, a, you need a transfer from having a relationship with him to intimacy with him. As long as he's a friend, you'll never be married. Because I don't marry every friend. And all the men and women said, amen. My wife, as much as I love her, she's my wife. Pastor Blake is my best friend. We call each other, my man, a hundred grand, right? But as much as I love you, I don't have intimacy with you, homie. I love Alvon. I love Robin. I was on the phone with Robin last night for over an hour or so, man, talking about the Lord. He was preaching to me. I love you, man. 
But as much as we have a friendship with one another, I don't have intimacy with you. Because I'm only married to one person. I said I'm only married to one person. I'm not married to my I'm not married to my work. I'm not married to my job. I'm not married to a position or something. I am married to Jesus Christ and him and him alone. For I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20 says, For no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. He lives in me. I'm not living. My purpose isn't living. My desires aren't living. For I have killed it and put it on the cross in order for the Holy Spirit to enter into my life. Holy Spirit, enter into your church. Holy Spirit, allow us to have the boldness to put ourselves on the cross and allow our flesh to exit and your Holy Spirit to enter. The reason, my God, I'm getting ahead of myself. Getting ahead of myself. What's the next one? I lost my place. He seals you. Number four, the Holy Spirit fills the believer. Acts 2.4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Someone shout, I want to be filled. And as they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Number five, he is the author of Scripture. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20 says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, As all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. What is it talking about? The Holy Spirit is the one who interprets scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 14 says this. However it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. In order to interpret scripture, in order to understand the Bible, you need the Holy Spirit. You'll never be able to understand the mysteries of God's word. That's why some of you have always said, I just I can't, I don't understand the Bible. It's like I open it up, and I feel like I'm getting high. Just, everything's just rearranging, and I get dizzy. You don't have the Holy Spirit. Because when you fully come alive to the power of the Holy Spirit, the Bible comes alive. A scripture that you've heard your entire life, you start reading it again, and the Holy Spirit quickens inside of you. You're like, where did I see that? Where did that come from? Oh my God, I've lived my entire life and I've never seen it from that viewpoint, ever. That is the power of the Holy Spirit's work in you. Have you ever met somebody who knows so much of the Bible but doesn't know God? Aren't they the most angriest person in the world? They argue about everything. And yet the Bible says the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, self-control. But they know all this Bible, but they don't know God because the Holy Spirit is the only one that can connect you to God through his interpretation and revelation of his word. Number seven, he guides the believer, Romans 8, 14. He guides the believer. 
For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Leave it there. Leave it there. If you can go back to every decision that you made and you can't pinpoint the Holy Spirit, you are not a child. Because Scripture says, those who are led by the Spirit. Boy, this is messing some people up. I'll, I'll be honest, it's been messing me up. Because I've left, I have lived my entire life by a man leading me by the hand. And God says, now I'm about to do a new covenant with you, Mark. No longer will Pastor Clint or Pastor Steve and Pastor Bill Vines and all your spiritual fathers lead you. But me, myself, I will guide you. I will take you through this journey now. Here's the thing. The law has its place. The law directs you to God. But there comes a moment when you spoke as a child. You ate as a child. You, man, you lived your life as a child. But there comes a time when you realize who you are in Christ Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit's power comes upon you. And you mature in the things of God. You walk in strength. You walked in victory. You walk in fullness. You walk in courage like you've never done before. Not only does he guide the believer, he anoints the believer. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27, it says this. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you, now, I'm not saying that, you know, when you leave this place, I don't need no one teaching me. Got to be. No, you need the Holy Spirit. And when you get the Holy Spirit, oh, my gosh. He'll teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as the anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has been taught to you, here's the thing. Here's how you keep it. You got to remain in him. You got to remain in him. Someone shout, Holy Spirit. Anoint me. Oh, come on. Someone put your hand on your head and just prophesy. Holy Spirit, anoint me to see and to hear only what you can give me to me. Praise the Lord. Can we give God praise right now? Number nine. Holy Spirit has done a lot. Holy Spirit was in every part of Jesus' life. From birth to literally resurrection. The Holy Spirit does the same to us today. He's in every part of your life from birth until you get to heaven. The Bible says, number nine, he sanctifies the believer. 1 Peter 1.23 says this. For if you have been born, for you have been born again, not a perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. And number 10, this is where we're going to um, camp out right now. He empowers the believer. We're going to focus on the power this morning. There's only one Holy Spirit. Shout one Holy Spirit. Many functions. Remember the illustration of electricity? One electricity, many manifestations based on the need that you are in on the certain day that you're living in. The Bible speaks of two distinct experiences, though, of the Holy Spirit. We need to hear this. We need to hear this. Just like electricity can be your greatest friend, just like the Holy Spirit, it can, 
It can help you in almost every need. The same thing that gives life can take your life. You stick your finger in an electric socket. Some of you know. That's why some of your hair looks the way it does this morning. I'm just kidding. It can kill you. The same is true with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible lets us know in Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira. They said, God, I'm going to do this for you, Lord. I'm going to do this to you, Holy Spirit. They come to Peter, the man of God, and they're like, yeah, I gave this certain amount. Peter's like, why did you lie to me in the Holy Spirit? Die. Not because Peter or Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter, or that the Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Lord. But the Ananias and Sapphira lied to who? And the Bible says, because they lied to the Holy Spirit, they died. That's why so many of our lives are dying. Because we keep lying about our walk with the Lord today. We keep refusing to look in the mirror on where our life aligns when it comes to the fullness and power of God leading us, guiding us, revealing to us, teaching us, interpreting his scripture in our life each and every day. Amen? And so I want to go into the two distinctions of the Holy Spirit. So we're not walking like walking zombie or like, 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 like the walking dead, but we can walk alive in Jesus. The first distinction of the Holy Spirit, number one. My goodness, it's already 12. Are y'all okay? Will you stay with me? Number one, distinction of the Holy Spirit. Receiving the Holy Spirit through conversion and not just making a decision. That is one of the most distinctions of receiving the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit through conversion, not a decision. This is, I need to break this down. I said this last week, and I know some people were asking me so many questions throughout the week. There's a big difference between a decision and a conversion. Anybody know what I'm talking about? A decision, you come to reason over a thing, but you never take action to do the thing. Conversion is, it literally takes a different form. It transforms physically. There is a tangible distinction to something that has been converted. That is God's desire. Not that we come to church and we make a decision. I receive you and you repeat a prayer. God wants to convert you. God wants you to change from the inside out. God wants that when he comes in, he wants to move furniture. He wants to clean your house. He wants to clean your mind. That is the issue with so many of us. We don't want God to clean house. We want God to bless our lives, but we don't want God to clean what's remaining in our life. We want God to give us new things, but we don't want him to take care of the old things. We want to be a hoarder of past and present things. And God says, no, I want, I'm about to do a new thing. I'm not going to allow the old thing to live. I'm not going to allow the old covenant to take place. I want to do a new thing in your mind and in your heart. I want to write it in your mind. I want to write it in your heart. I want to write it in your life. And I want to do it personally because I take full responsibility. He wants to take full responsibility. Everyone who believes Jesus Christ in their heart and generally receives the work of atonement or reconciliation or you allow the work to totally restore you fully, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in them. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21. I know I didn't get that to y'all. Can you pull it up real fast? John chapter 3, verses 1 through 21 is so powerful because most of us have been living our life by just a decision. 
Some of us have lived our life based on a conversion. But we haven't allowed God to fully come alive in every aspect. John chapter 3, verses 1, it says, now, now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very, very, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's room to be born. That would be weird, you know? Next scripture. Jesus answered, Verily, truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and what? Verse 6. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The first distinction, the first disti distinction of receiving the Holy Spirit is through conversion, not decision. The second, at once you are born again of the spirit, you need to be baptized of the Spirit. The first one is being born of the Spirit by receiving the Holy Spirit through conversion and not a decision. The second thing that we must receive is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are taking notes for the sake of time, I'm just going to throw some scriptures. I know a lot of you are taking notes. Blesses my heart. Acts chapter 1, 5. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. Shout baptismo. Shout baptismo. Baptismo is the Greek word used for baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptismo means this, to be completely submerged, to soak fully, to temper or test for weakness. That is what the function of the Holy Spirit is is in your life. He doesn't want to just come in your life, but he wants to completely soak your life and remove your weaknesses that are blocking and deceiving you from encountering the supernatural. The best way I can describe this is a bottle of water. A bottle of water. Where did that water go that I just drank? Inside of me. The Holy Spirit, when you give your life to the Lord and you make it and you're totally converted, the Holy Spirit comes where? We've read it through Scripture multiple times, right? But there's a difference between the power of the Holy Spirit coming inside of you and being baptized. Even though the water's in me, the water hasn't soaked me. I'm still dry. How do I get soaked? I step into a pool or an ocean of water. There's a big, that is what born again is. You take it in, but if you want to be truly converted, fully taken over by the power of the Holy Spirit, you, someone shot me. You got to jump in the river. You got to jump in in faith. You got to jump in and encounter him. You got to step in and say, God, however you want to move in my life, if you want to do what you did in Acts 2, do it. If you want to do it where we're all lined up and the power of your Holy Spirit is knocking bodies off, do it, God. I don't care how you move. I just want you. And so I'm jumping in. Jumping in. This is why nine out of ten people will never receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You have him in you, 
but you don't have them controlling you. Because if I was to jump in the river, I don't have control anymore. I can't run like I used to run on earth. I can't move like I normally move, like on a pulpit when I'm in a river. I'm just, I'm like this, man. I'm like, I'm about to die. You know what I'm saying? Isn't it funny what the PJ's testimony this morning? I got to a place where I jumped in and I'm paddling. I trust you. No longer will I get out the river and walk where I walk, do what I do. But I jump in and I allow you to fully submerge me and soak me. And next thing you know, there is a transformation. There is a conversion of mind, soul, and body. His actions aren't like they used to be. His tone isn't like it used to be. Why? Because the power of the Holy Spirit is converting you, fully controlling you. Fully controlling you. Fully controlling you. Holy Spirit, right now, control us, God, as we submit to you. Control us, God. Oh, my God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Is this Gracie's? The Holy Spirit, the Bible says, Brian, come here. He wants to cover you. Man, you look stylish, bro. He wants to cover you. But what happens? The Holy Spirit has no power if he doesn't cover you. The power, the power of the Holy Spirit has no power unless he covers you. The power of the Holy Spirit can't move. The power of the Holy Spirit can activate. The power of the Holy Spirit. But when he covers you, when you put him on, walk. It moves with you. It goes with you. It flows. Where you move, it, it moves. God doesn't want you just to have it in you. God wants it to soak every fiber of your being to where it covers your head, your hands, your feet. It wants to cover your heart, your will, your thoughts. It wants to cover every decision that you make in life. It wants to control all of you. And if he doesn't control all of you, you have none of him. Leading you, guiding you, but you have him in you. What good is it to have something and not activate it and use it? What good is it to have an Alexa and not order things through it? What good is it to have a car in my garage but have no keys to get it and drive it? What good is it to have a Krispy Kreme restaurant but I never go and buy one and eat it? Hello, I'm preaching right now, right? Thank you. You have to go and get it and receive it. Someone shout receive it. The Bible says in Ephesians, someone shout Ephesians, and I'm going to close. The worship team can come now. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18, I didn't give this to them. It says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Follow this example here. It compares being filled with the Holy Spirit with being drunk. Do you see that in Scripture? Ephesians 5, 18, do not be drunk with wine, but be I don't know about you, PJ, but I, I, I remember when I used to get drunk. You mean, do you remember, you, you said you used to party back in the, I remember, Bruce, I remember when I used to get drunk. Boy, I didn't drink no beer either. I drank I drunk Crown, uh, Crown, Crown Roll and Coke, man. That's all I did. 
some vodka or whatever. It was the hard stuff. Me and my friends, 18, 19 years old. And boy, we would be at Darnell's house. Darnell, if you're listening, I'm sorry, bro. But we'd be at Darnell's house, and we would throw it back. We would be at Tommy's house, my best friend Rocky, and we would throw it back. And we would get lit. We would get crushed. Why? Because we, you know how you get drunk? You got to open up your mouth and receive the thing. You got to, someone shall open your mouth and receive the thing. Repeat after me. Open your mouth and drink it. But this is where we get the power of the Holy Spirit confused when it comes into our life. This is how the modern-day Christian thinks the power of the Holy Spirit controls me, comes over me. I'm at home Sunday morning watching a game, basketball game or whatever you're watching, football, golf, knitting and crocheting, whatever you love to watch. I don't know. And this is how we think the power of the Holy Spirit operates. We feel the power of the Holy Spirit should just engulf me. The power of the Holy Spirit should just take over me. And anywhere I'm at, doing whatever I'm doing, the power of the Holy Spirit is not going to do that. Because it compares it to being drunk. And if it compares it to being drunk, do you know what it would look like in the natural? The ABC store, a bottle of Crown Roll jumps off the shelf, goes down Poinsett Highway, comes down White Horse Road, goes down Hardcut, turns a left on Wildwood, busts through my door, opens up my mouth, and shoves itself in me. Have you ever seen that, seen that done? Unless they're on crack, <laughs> you know what I mean? On some other illegal narcotics. That's how we view the Holy Spirit. And yet the Holy Spirit says, that's not how I operate. You know how I operate? Like people who get drunk. People who open their mouth and throw it back over and over. People who go back and keep drinking. And they keep drinking. They keep drinking. And last time I remember, Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. For what? They will be filled when they keep eating, when they keep drinking, when they don't, they don't stop based on opinion. They don't stop based on the thing. They, are, they, they, they want to get lit. They want to get crushed, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. They're not good with just one encounter. They're not good with just one drink. But they want to be, my God, that's cold. But they want to be totally saturated. Saturate. Someone shall saturate me. I don't want you living in me. I don't want you living in me. I'm good. I don't want you just in my heart. Holy Spirit, I don't just I don't want just to know you based on what you did. I want you to engulf every fiber of my soak me. To where my fingers are just just wrinkly. To where every piece of my body starts to be converted into more of you and less of me. To where I walk into a room and everything changes. I walk into a place where someone's struggling with cancer and I lay hands and they're healed. Somebody's struggling with anxiety or depression and I lay hands and that demon comes out of them. Why? Because I am totally saturated by the power of the Holy Spirit. Totally soaked. Totally converted. Some of you because of lack of teaching, we've allowed God to just be a gift that is living within us when he wants to come alive. He wants to come alive, Francis. That you can go home and your whole entire atmosphere and your home changes. He wants to come alive in you, Olivia, in such a way that everyone that is an unbeliever takes witness 
It's more than just being slain in the spirit. It's more than just having somebody pray for me and I fall out. in my life I don't stop drinking can you hold that for me I don't stop drinking because I'm going to get drunk in him I've got, I remember getting so drunk that my pores sweated alcohol got so lit throwing up over a toilet seat come on man and yet we look at people when the world get drunk and we think they're crazy. We come to church and we look at people trying to, trying. The Olivia's trying to get drunk. The Brian's and the Alvon's trying to get drunk and we think they're crazy. No, they're hungry. They're thirsty. Because I know alcoholics and I know, Robbie, I, I know some drug addicts. They're crazy. They still everything, don't they? Mama, daddy, grandma, grandfather, they still, they steal from everybody. Why? Because they are addicted. How addicted are you to the Holy Spirit? How addicted are you to give up everything you have in order to encounter Him? Do you, Holy Spirit, thank you. Do you realize the whole Old Testament, someone shout Old Testament, the whole Old Testament, was God introducing the Son. Introducing the Son and then sending. The New Testament is nothing more than Jesus introducing the Holy Spirit. Do you recognize, do you understand the day that we live in? We don't live in the day of the Old Testament. We don't live in the day of the New Testament. We live in the day of the supernatural. We live in the day of the power of the Holy Spirit wanting to be activated and move and shape and convert and soak and transform your families, your communities, your mind, and your heart, your entire well-being. He wants to totally convert your life. You know what we do? We, we do exactly what the disciples do. Stare gazing at Jesus on a Sunday. Remember when Jesus ascended? The Bible says, and they're all, they were all there just staring at Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. Look at Jesus. Oh, my God. You know what God had to do? Send two angels to him. Why are you stare gazing at Jesus? He's gone. I'm going to... He's, he's no longer here. Why are you waiting here? Why are you wasting time? Why, 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 are, why are you just standing there like a zombie, just looking, just like some of you are just looking? Go do what God has told you to do and tarry for the Holy Spirit until He empowers you. That is His desire for all of us this morning. 
if it doesn't encompass you, then you don't really have been encompassed by Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals him. And the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks of him. And the Holy Spirit is the one who shows you. But he'll never be able to show you if you don't allow him to fill you to where you overflow and you are totally saturated and soaked and transformed. This message leads to this altar call. People who refuse to allow the gift to remain inside. People who refuse to allow their life to just be a decision, but they want to be totally converted. People who don't want just a sip of water, but people who want to jump in the river and to have the entire water soak all of them. This message is for those. This altar call is for those who want more of just an emotional, sensational time with God, but they want the power of God. They want the truth of God. They want the direction of God to impact their communities and families, to be able to take it to the workplace. It's not just enough to limit it here for healings. But like Abby, he wants to take you to the nursing home, take you to the hospitals, lay hands on the sick and the recovered. Our youth group was, was at the cookout last week in the parking lot, prophesying over people. Our youth group. Someone shout, our youth. This is the next generation of soldiers of the faith, prophesying, laying hands in the parking lot, not College Park parking lot, not College Park auditorium, not College Park youth ministry, place. the parking lot where the world's at. Laying hands, prophesying, speaking life, speaking blessings, and don't care what the world thinks of them. You know how you get there? Soak me. Saturate me. Convert me to a place where nothing else matters. Someone shout, nothing else matters. Someone shot, nothing else matters. Really? Really? Nothing else matters? Do you know what he might ask you to do? It might, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stretch your reputation. It's going to stretch your expectation. It's going to stretch every belief and doctrine that you have about him. And when he moves, will you receive how he manifests in you? Or will you just lean to the old covenant? No, this is how God moves. And this is what God did say. When Jesus said, my entire life was to do this. To send the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is going to do more than what I've ever did in the New Testament church. The Holy Spirit is going to do way more than me I could ever do in the three and a half years from when I was anointed and appointed. The Holy Spirit is going to do, in fact, Jesus said, in your days you'll see greater things. You'll do greater things. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was pinned up to Jesus from location to location. But when he died on the cross and his Holy Spirit exited out of his body, it is now to those who believe, who receive the power of God, now it is not just to Jesus from location to location. Now it can preach on all corners of the earth. It can preach on every pulpit 
on North America, South America, and every other continent. It can preach, prophesy, cast out demons, cast out devils in Jesus' name. And all he asks, I don't care if you've been saved for 50 years, five years, or in the next five minutes. All you have to do, believe me. Believe me. Believe me. How many of you believe in Jesus? Stand to your feet this morning. You believe in Jesus? John chapter 21, the Bible says that he breathed and said to his disciples, receive ye the Holy Spirit. He breathed and said, receive the Holy Spirit. You know what happened after that moment? They didn't walk in signs, wonders, and miracles yet, but yet they had the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, you better tarry here till the power comes upon you. You're born again. You have him within, but you need to be empowered. You received him. You have him within, but you need him to come and saturate all of you. How many of you have actually had him saturate all of you? Because I, I need you to change. I, 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 need, I need some type of anthem, man, right now. I don't need something slow like this. I feel, I, I feel like there's a warring right now. I can't have anything soft right now. There is a warring right now. A war. And will you go to war for your soul? Will you go to war for the power of the Holy Spirit? Like a, like a, like, like a drug addict. Like a al former alcoholic. Will you go after him in such a way? Such a way, God, I don't care how it looks. I don't care what you do. I just want you. Do you realize how crazy I would be if somebody was to come into this church and try to touch my children? Me and you have multiple conversations, just random imaginations going wild. That is the kind of desire and tenacity that we have to have right now. Where we come into a place where we tarry and we don't care what people think and we don't care how he does it. We don't care what's going on. We just want you. Someone said, I just want you. And you're saying, I need the power. I don't want him to be in me. I don't want him in me. I want him to saturate me. I don't want him just to breathe in me. I want him to engulf every fiber of my being. I want to just be overflowing in my peace, overflowing with my language, overflowing with my thoughts, overflowing with my passions, overflowing with my life. And you're saying, I want the fullness and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need you to stand all across this building, all across the front. I want to be fully fully filled by the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't lay down. Just stand. Just stand. Keep going. I need my leaders. My leaders right now. All my leaders over any department right now. I want to be fully activated by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to be fully engulfed. I want to have so much of God in me that I walk out this place. I lay hands on the sick and they recover. I want so much of God that when I lay hands on them, demons are cast out. I want to be so empowered by God because nothing, someone shot, nothing else matters. We might be here till 3 o'clock. We might be here in 30 minutes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
Do you want God? Cry out. Stop waiting on me. Do you want God to fully touch your life? Cry out. Cry out. I can't hear you. God, I pray that you bless this time right here from heaven. Fullness, God. Prepare us, God, right now to receive from heaven. Prepare us right now to receive the full work and manifestation of your spirit. Prepare us right now, God. Don't pray for them yet, leaders. Keep praying, y'all. Keep praying. Stir up the gifts. Stir up the hunger. Stir up the thirst. Build yourself up in the Holy Spirit. Build yourself up now. Like a drunk person, open up your mouth and speak. Like somebody who's an alcoholic, open your mouth and drink. Drink. Consume. Leaders, move now. Move now, leaders. Lay hands. Prophesy. Right now. John Palacino, Sharon Mantooth, will you come and pray with him? Rachel Palacino, will you come and pray with him? Activate God. Activate God. Prophesy. Prophesy. Speak into their life with boldness and courage. I rebuke fear off my leaders now in the name of Jesus. Be activated in the supernatural. Be activated. The power of the Holy Spirit right now. Don't you stop praying, church. Don't you stop praying. You want him? You go after him now. Push through the crowd. Push through the feelings. Push through everything in order just to touch the hem of his garment. Push through it all. Push through the religion. Push through the crazy ideology. Push through. Push through. 